Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Reddit Readings, the best show on the internet. And today we are jumping into r slash pro revenge. And today's episode is going to be one gigantic revenge. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, just the one because it's that good. It's going to take up a whole episode. If you like the show and want to support us or just want more of the show, check out our Patreon. But without further ado, grab your tea, a hell of a lot of popcorn, and let's go! Now streaming, only on Disney Plus. My name is Taylor, welcome to the Eras Tour! Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. The Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office, more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, guys and gals. Thank you for joining us in another episode. This is going to be a long one going by the length of this tape. So make sure you are settled in and comfortable. Posted by Warrior044. Boss's boss threatens to fire me. I accept and get him and his friend fired. This whole story happened in 2021 and ended in October. Damn, time flies. And it's something that puts a Cheshire smile on my face. Background. In January 2021, I began working for a very big American company in Europe. That was and is in the energy sector. At the factory plant I began working at, the parts of gas turbines get assessed for restoration and reworked so they can get used again. Each single part would cost several thousands when produced new, and hold for like a decade or so. Reworking cost like one quarter of that, and the part would be good for another 8 to 10 years. With more inspections for safety, of course. The customers would pay like half or three quarters of the cost of a new part, and since we talk 2 to 8k per single part, and a gas turbine containing thousands of pieces, we're talking several million for each gas turbine. Customers would save a good chunk, and of course the company was sitting on a golden goose. Over the decades that meant, of course, that the facility where the stuff was reworked had an absolute uncontested income without much competition, since the parts were their own design and production, and a win-win for customer and company. Over time, that led to the problem that competence, invention or even honesty were not needed by the management of the facility anymore. As long as the workers sticked to the already developed and tested processes and did their job, money would keep flowing in regardless what the office did or did not. You can see where this is going. Setup. Somewhat important. So I was hired there as part of quality control, 
Specifically, I was to operate a 3D computer-managed measuring machine. Gas turbines get, as you can imagine, pretty hot and spin pretty fast. And a decade of heat, combined with dynamic stress, has a nasty habit of deforming stuff. Can't have that for sure, so you have to measure the stuff, like, really precisely, so that production knows what section of which piece needs reworking, or if a piece is too out of form to be used again at all. The operation of such a machine is not too complicated. Put the piece into a bracket, clamp it down, load the correct model, start the program. You get the measurement report then as a text file, an Excel, as well as a PDF. The pieces, usually rotary blades, nearly always came in sets, 24 to 216 depending on the size. When all are measured, you compile all the reports the machine made into one Excel with a somewhat complicated method. Wasn't too hard, I learned all that in a week. That machine was immensely important to the facility, running in two to three shifts per day, six days per week. Like 80% of all the pieces that went through the reworking process had to be measured at least twice. As nearly anyone with a technical background can guess, operating a machine and understanding what it is actually doing are two big different shoes. When I started, there were only three guys that understood the machine properly, as well as a technician. Vladimir, who could actually fix codes or reprogram a 3D model if there was a problem. Vladimir, however, was the technician for the entire facility. A very, very busy guy. And when he had to come over, his time would need to be paid by the department. Something the bosses didn't encourage, so to say. Of the three guys who knew the machine, Antonio is important. He'd been working there for a few centuries at least knew every nook and cranny, and while being a simple worker, if shit went wrong, he was the guy you turned to. He had a bit of a short temper, and very blunt language, but he was honest, open, and very, very fair. I myself am not the most social person, always held back, with a brutal honesty, and I take my professional, cold attitude a bit too serious, I guess. In general, if people share my principles of honesty and fairness and taking responsibilities serious, then we'll get along pretty greatly, but with people that are less trustworthy, I basically turn to an ice block. Not perfect, I know, but hey, I don't work in retail for a good reason. So the thing is, despite some heated arguments, Antonio and me really got along swimmingly. What no one knew was that Antonio had, over the decades, collected such a backlog of days off, overtime and whatnot, that he could retire two years early. He was 63. He had decided to groom me as his successor, and began teaching me every little detail about the measuring machine, how to fix stuff, how to do proper maintenance, why it did certain stuff, and so on. He was a perfectionist. But so am I, so I really appreciated it. What I noticed in my first week in the company was the biggest problem there. The facility had a massive problem with cliques, clans, and little circles. If you were part of the correct clique, you could do what you wanted and remain untouchable. If you aren't, well, your credit goes to anyone but you, and you are a fine scapegoat. I didn't care much about it, to be honest. 
I'm a bit of a rule fanatic and stick to them even when everyone else is ignoring them. For me, this was a well-paying job with a horrible commute, one and three quarters of an hour each direction. So I just wanted to stay there for as long as I could, earn my money, and then just take the next job. There was a fourth guy who was operating the machine, I don't remember his name, so let's call him Igor. Igor was part of the same clique as my boss, Manuel. My boss's boss, Freddy, and of course, his own boss, Boris, who was also his brother. He was working the measuring machine simply because it was the most comfortable job he could perform. He was usually doing the night shift, as those paid extra. He occasionally took the late shift while I always took the early one. Was the least popular due to the start at 6am, but got to go home at 3pm. Igor was… well, as a light bulb, he was like a wet match in a dark basement somewhere in a black hole. I might be a bit too harsh with him now, but that was all I ever got to see from him. He was also pretty lazy, rude, and arrogant. After all, he had an untouchable status due to his brother's best friend being the boss of the entire assessment department. The actual story. Long build-up, I know. A good six months after I started, there was the first incident with the measuring machine. We received the material in pallets, and it was the firm rule that the rotary blades had to be sorted in numerical order. Each had a serial number and a set number. Stuff went a ton faster and easier if it was all sorted clean, 1 to 82 or whatever the set went up to. Occasionally in order, which were usually 2 to 4 pallets, would arrive unsorted at the measuring machine. Then we had to sort them. Since we had to lift the blades out one by one anyway to measure them, it wasn't the biggest of deals, it was just a tad bit annoying. Igor never finished a set if he could help it, leaving just one or two blades left for measuring, and even when he had to finish a set and start a new one, he would never compile the reports into one Excel. I'm pretty sure he didn't even know how that worked. One morning, I came to work, and like so often, there was just three blades left to measure. I shrugged without care and wanted to just finish the order and start the next. Problem was, the pallets were a complete mess, completely unsorted, despite them being measured. Igor had worked the late shift the day before, and would also work the late shift that day. So I would actually get to see him for a few minutes when I handed my shift over. This of course meant that I would have to sort all of the pallets, while also operating the machine with the next order as to avoid a delay. The machine was a bit of a bottleneck at the facility. Usually this is a chill post. The blades are never heavier than 22 kilograms, that's about 48 pounds, and you had like 6 to 14 minutes between the measurement cycles to lift them out and exchange them with the last measured blade. Sorting the last order took me like two hours of quite sweaty work while also operating the machine nearby, so I was somewhat annoyed. When Igor came in in the afternoon, I asked him in a polite manner why he had not sorted that order. He replied in quite a rude tone that he wouldn't do that. I was a bit baffled and asked him if he knew that it was mandatory to do that. He simply replied in a pretty rude tone again that he wouldn't speak about it. Outright refusing to speak about a problem. What the hell? 
I told him if he didn't want to speak about it, I would have to speak about it with my boss. He just smiled in a smug fashion and told me to do that. Well, I did just that. I asked my boss about it in the fashion of, Hey, I thought you were supposed to sort that stuff, or did we change that? This led to a four-way talk with my boss, Igor, as well as Boris. Boris was not happy at all. And my boss was rather embarrassed because it was all clear that I was correct. But neither of them wanted to admit that their friend had done anything wrong. I did my usual ice block impression, showing a blank face, replying in very accurate and short words and staying polite but professional. It came out rather inconclusive with a kind of request that we should please sort the pallets if they came in in a mess. Igor just shrugged and it was clear he didn't care. It happened three more times that stuff came in unsorted, but Igor managed to avoid doing it ever. Okay, strike one of three. Six weeks later, there was the second incident. Every morning before I started, I would maintain the machine like Antonio had showed me to do, cleaning everything and rubbing special liquid, a stone thread into the machine's arch that ran back and forth on. One morning I came in and turned the machine into manual mode like every morning, so that I could run the arch to the end of the thread for maintenance. A second after, I heard a grinding noise and instantly stopped the machine. The arch was an air-cushioned based runner, kind of like a hovercraft as where the bottom of the arch would always remain a tiny bit above the surface to ensure minimum vibration. So a grinding sound is really bad. I quickly inspected the thread and found quite the deep crater in the stone surface, maybe two to three centimeters deep, an inch and wide. That was enough for the air cushion to lose pressure, so the arch was sliding over the stone surface of the thread. This inspection also revealed scratches along nearly the entire length of the thread, so it was pretty clear that the machine had been running with this crater for a good bit. Immediately shut down the machine, informed Vladimir as well as my boss that some big shit was going on here. I also took pictures of the damage with timestamps just out of my usual paranoia. The machine was put out of commission as the arch had taken damage. The entire stone thread had to be reworked and the machine needed recalibration. It was out for over a month due to that crater. The crater, by the way, looked exactly like the bottom corner of one of the blade, as if one had been dropped onto the stone thread and the previous shift before me had, drum roll please, Eagle. Of course, he denied he'd done anything wrong, and he could also not recall seeing any scratches or hearing any grinding noises during his shift. He tried to blame it on me, but I reported the stuff like five minutes into my shift, with the last blade Igor had measured still on the machine. Again, it was clear to all who had fucked up, but again, not even a harsh word to him. While the machine was getting fixed and reworked, we were put to different work. I got into the pre-assessment team where the pieces get their first evaluation. I made good friends there, which would serve as my ears later on. Strike two of three. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. After the machine got fixed, a good month later, we had collected a massive backlog to the point that the other departments who did the repair were struggling to find something to do that didn't need measurements. The machine was supposed to work in three shifts, but Antonio had left for his two-year vacation when the machine had been put out for repairs, and the other two colleagues who knew how to run and maintain the machine had left for better jobs. So it was only me and Igor then, with me working quite some overtime for good pay, all bullshit aside, hourly wage was really proper. One morning I noticed something pretty weird. The order I had just started the previous afternoon was still not finished, again with two blades remaining. Every measurement report has a timestamp, which I quickly had a look into. The measurement cycle for these was like 3 minutes plus 1 minute exchanging one blade for the next. For some reason the measurement reports from Igor's shift had like 10 to 15 minute gaps in between. Some even half an hour. Igor was still around, so as he had had the night shift, I knew he was a bit of a slacker, but these gaps were quite big. So I first thought there had been trouble with the machine. I asked him if he had had any trouble with the machine last night and he snapped at me. That all had been fine. I asked if he was sure, and he in return inquired why I asked. I told him that there were quite some heavy gaps in between the measurement reports and that I couldn't find any error messages or sudden stops or such. Igor looked at those timestamps for a moment, and then back at me, and just shrugged before he went home. That would have been the end of it, if it wouldn't have been even stranger the next shift on Monday. I had, for once, not worked on Saturday, so Igor had three shifts in since I had last clocked out. I came in as usual, did the maintenance and cleaning and went to check how far he'd gotten. Four orders had gone through since my last shift, so I assumed that as usual I would have to compile the reports. But there were none. I was pretty confused, searching the order numbers, checking the machine protocol and all. The measuring machine had been running over the weekend with no shutdown or restart visible in the log, but also no measurement reports at all. I called in Vladimir, as well as four orders worth of reports missing is a big deal. According to rules, I also informed my boss that the machine was standstill due to technical issues. Both Vladimir and my boss came into the measuring room and we three searched for the problem. It took us a while to figure it out, simply due to it being something we absolutely did not expect. Someone had turned off the output of the machine. Maybe to avoid the timestamps. This again caused quite some ruckus as all four orders had to be measured again with reports, and production was really struggling now to have something to work on. Again, all clear who had fucked up, and finally Freddy had had enough. But not of Igor. The Revenge The afternoon of the same day, Freddy, the boss of the entire assessment department, 
came into my measuring room. Nice, expensive suit, tie, polished shoes, and went straight into my face. I was currently sitting in my chair, compiling the results of the measured first order, when he stood before me, giving me no room to get up. He looked down on me and snapped at me that he was sick and tired of me bullying my co-workers. He handed me a letter, which were the signed papers of my contract termination, signed by him, of course. He informed me that I had exactly two options. I could either promise to do better, apologize to my co-worker Igor and admit I was at fault, or I would be fired immediately. Well, the good thing of being bullied and terrorized for most of your childhood is you learn to keep a cool head under stress. So I reined in my first urge to discuss with him or tell him that this was illegal. Instead, I took the letter and read through it before nodding a few times. Due to my cold, professional attitude, I was known for often remaining silent, so he took my nods as compliance. He informed me that he awaited my written apology before 2pm. All of the bosses went home by 2pm and came in around 8 or 9. Well, when he turned around and marched out with a smug grin, he left me with the termination letter. With his signature on it. Fun fact, when both parties agree to it, a contract can be cancelled immediately without any further responsibilities, besides paying for already issued hours, which go directly through human resources via the electronic timestamps of our clocking. I had two hours left until his deadline, and I spent it carefully cleaning up my workplace, making a backup of my work laptop, according to the rules, and then also according to the rules, cleaned the hard drive completely. The backup was put into the assigned server with all data correctly named and compiled, but of course, the server for backup data is marked as unsearchable, as to avoid your search list getting cluttered. After all, the same parts types came in again and again with the same material numbers, of course. If you know the rules, you knew where to search. You would find the stuff within 20 seconds. If not, ha! Well, good luck, mate. It's only like 10 terabytes or something. I made a copy of the termination paper, signed by me too now, and sent them to my email, which was allowed, put the original back into the envelope and packed my things up. Then I went up to the office, envelope in hand. The big boss showed his smug smile again the moment he saw me, but was quickly confused when he saw me with my laptop, work phone and all that too. I handed him the letter, offered a polite nod, and turned around again. He shouted, where the hell was I going? But still holding the envelope in his hand. You terminated my contract. According to the rules, I'm to hand over all personal equipment I had been handed by the company before leaving. Exception according to paragraph B are safety shoes and safety glasses. I bid you a fine day, Mr. Freddy. I said that with a cold, calculated voice, trying my best to sound like a lawyer, simply because I knew he hated my professional attitude. Then I went to my own boss and piled my stuff on his desk. My boss was confused as hell asking me what was up. I briefly informed him that my contract was terminated and once more quoted the rules. My boss too was a smug ass, but he wasn't dumb. His eyes went big as he immediately realized that I was the only person he had left that actually knew how to maintain and properly operate the measuring machine. 
and that he had such a backlog already that other departments relying on the measurements had started to enforce short-time work. He was first lost for words and then rushed into Freddy's office to see the termination letter. Meanwhile, I changed my clothes in the locker room, went to the gate and asked the security guard to please have a full inspection of my person and my backpack. This was likewise regulation for personnel that were terminated on short notice. And while the security guards were pretty baffled that I asked to be searched, they complied. They searched me fully and handed me a written confirmation that I had nothing on me that belonged to the company. My now ex-boss tried to call me all the time on my way home. But I dislike having phone calls in public transport, so I simply muted them and continued reading my book until I got home. There, 4pm by now, so well past his time to go home, I finally answered his call. He tried to convince me that I needed this job and that all this could be sorted. My reply? I'll have a new job within a week. You'll need to take at least a month to train someone new on that machine. If you had anyone that could train a new person. I'll tell you what, give me a solid contract with triple pay and I'll come back. Oh, and I want a written apology from Freddy too, as well as my piece when working. He told me that I was completely unreasonable with such demands. Again, me. So to get this clear, three times I discover massive bullshit happening, three times you guys try to heap the blame on me, and then you guys literally try to humiliate me, and Freddy actually fires me. And you want me to be reasonable. Well, guess it would be reasonable then to just ignore you. Have a good day. I hung up, then blocked his number, as well as any other number with which he would try to call me later on. The Aftermath As I had mentioned before, I still had ears in the company, so I have a good idea what followed. The facility suddenly had its most sensitive bottleneck tightened even further and then clogged full of concrete soon after. No one maintained or cleaned the measuring machine anymore, and being a precision machine, it didn't take that very well. Vladimir was soon called in multiple times a day to fix a problem, which in return built up a backlog for him in other places. Things I, or previously Antonio, had fixed within a minute now took hours just for Vladimir to find time to come over and fix it. He tried explaining stuff to Igor, but yeah, that, that, that went about as well as you think. Other departments ran completely dry of work, and of course, they didn't want to bear the blame for missed deadlines, so the whole issue was pretty quickly reported up the ladder. And with no one wanting to take the hit, it climbed higher and higher before it was eventually got onto the desk of the national CEO of the company. The highest entity of the company this side of the Great Pond. I found that out via a friend in HR. What followed was the arrival of the proverbial kill squad. You know, the model equivalent to an executor. A bunch of guys in very tight suits, no sense of humor, cold eyes, and the strict command to find someone's head to put on a silver platter. As far as I heard, even a prosecutor from the USA was among them. I was called by the company a month later, asking if I could come in for an interview. Not a job interview, mind, but they asked me to give a statement of the whole affair. This wasn't a legal thing, and they had no way to force me to make a statement as it was an internal investigation. But I still happily complied, and even gave my signature that I told the truth. 
I gave them the entire story, as accurate as I could and openly admitted what I didn't know and where I was only guessing. They thanked me and apologized, honestly I felt, that they could not pay me for the time they took from me due to legal reasons. I was all fine with that and went home. Igor got fired for careless negligence. His brother Boris likewise got the immediate boot in the ass. My boss went down under as well. He and Boris were fired for mismanagement. Their boss, however, Freddy, he got not only fired but dragged in front of a court. No idea how that went on as it was dragged to the US. But given how ridiculous that justice system is, and that he had been designated as a scapegoat by one of the biggest companies in the world, wouldn't surprise me if he had to hold on very tightly to the soap for a good while. The entire facility went firmly in the reds for that year due to nearly all contracted reworks missing deadlines, which means a daily fee of tens of thousands per contract. My ears in the company soon sought themselves new jobs, despite in one case being there for 20 years. Last I heard is that the company had to contract the producer of the measurement machine to train new employees on how to operate it properly. I had asked for triple my pay. Well, those guys were more like, triple the zeros at the end. Oh, and I did find a new job within one day. I was fired on Monday and had an interview on Tuesday. A test workday that Thursday. I was asked at the end of that day when I could start, which was the next Monday. I do manual measurements now in an incoming quality control department. The boss is a blast, the team is all friendly, and my commute is 18 minutes with an electric scooter. I've worked there for nine months now, and I'm already the de facto team leader for first sample stuff. And best of all, I'm appreciated for the good work I do too. Well guys, holy shit, that was a long one, but I hope you enjoyed it, it was a wild ride for me too, I can't wait to see you guys in the next episode, until then, peace out. here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary BGW void or prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, 
where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.